0: This podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au. Howdy, all you dedicated personal finance folk. It looks like you've landed on yet another episode of The Finance Burrito. So, yay! Um, We are excited to join you and impart more finance knowledge that we develop while writing for comparison site, mozo.com.au. My name is Liv G, as always, and joining me behind his mic in another locked down house in Sydney (laughs) is my mozo mate, Tom Watson. How have you been faring, Tom?
1: Hey Liv, Uh, yeah, as you said, still in lockdown in Sydney, Um, enjoying that greatly, and Mm -hmm. I would say that the madness is starting to set in a bit, because my girlfriend's (laughs) girlfriends got into this (laughs) music genre called Bardcore, which is, yeah, Bardcore, like B-A-R-D, core, which is like Uh basically medieval versions of famous (gasps) pop songs, and it's kind of brilliant. Oh my
0: god. God, that sounds amazing! It's like very horrible histories vibe. Yes, I'm, I, I got to look it up. That sounds oh, so fun. Do,
1: um, but you know what? It's <laughs> nice to be able to take a break from the uh, from the the flutes and the lutes and to uh, to focus on something a little bit different. So I'm pumped to get into today's episode, which is the third in our digital finance series.
0: Yeah, totally. And maybe we could put some bardcore in the background as oh, a um, sh- as you an, an afterthought.
1: Get, get searching.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it kind of, I feel like the state we're in right now feels a bit deja vu-y, right? Because it's been much more than a year since we all toted our computers home from the office for the first round of lockdowns in 2020. So time really flies. But we're um going to be discussing a digital finance topic, which really took off last year in the lockdown, aren't we, Tom?
1: Yeah, indeed we are. And it's, uh, it's an area that I've been kind of fumbling around and trying to get into over the past <laughs> year. And I'm sure plenty of others have too, probably more successfully. So uh, mm. let's get stuck into it. From cashless to crypto, let's
0: get digital, digital. So the topic at hand today is online share trading and investing. Very exciting. And um, as I was sort of preparing the research for this episode, going through all kinds of things, I got to say, I felt pretty overwhelmed. It was a lot. And I feel like from working at Mozo and looking at, you know, various news reports, I feel like I understand, you know, the theoretical – Basics of share trading and doing it online, like Wolf of Wall Street. But you know, (laughs) is that your research?
1: Is that is that? all you did. You just watched watched, Wall Street.
0: Just watch the movie. I've written out the script. No, (laughs) but um, yeah. Once you dig into it, it goes way beyond the Wolf, and um, there are just so many different levels to it and definitions and terms and whatnot, as well as all the different platforms out there that make trading and investing online possible. Um, but yes, you said you tinker with online share trading, Tom. So. How about you, putting it all on your (laughs) shoulders, how about you lead us into it with like a bit of a bare bones definition of what it is and sort of just scratch the surface of how it works? Would that be too much to ask? Not at all. Um, I'll I'll give this a crack,
1: but I'm no expert um, as, uh, you know, I'm not an expert at at anything. So (laughs) bear that in (laughs) mind, right? (laughs) Don't sell yourself short. (laughs) Thank you. So, basically, share trading is the process of buying and selling stock in companies. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> so, as a shareholder, you essentially end up owning a small portion of the company that you invest in, um, which gives <laughs> you access to things like dividends, so ongoing earnings, um, it gives you voting rights um, about various uh, decisions that companies make, and fingers crossed, um, the value of those shares. Will go up over time which is kind of the whole point of yeah the, the thing right you want to make more money,
0: money. make more money yeah
1: exactly <laughs> um but it gets a little bit more complicated when you look into the different types of securities involved um aside from shares and where you can actually buy them so mm. there are numerous stock exchanges around the world um where these securities are listed so we've got the asx in australia that's the biggest um one in australia Um, You've got Mm -hmm. the New York and the London stock exchanges. There are a lot of different exchanges out there. And Mm. then there's the different securities that you can buy. So as I said, you can buy shares. There are also um, ETFs, which are exchange traded funds, which are kind of more of like a diverse basket of goodies. Um, There are also managed funds and bonds and commodities, and the list goes on. There's See, this is what I here.
0: mean about all the terms and different, yeah, it's it's a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the end of the game, as we said before, of course, is to make money on these investments, um, whether that's through dividends or whether it's selling your shares for more than what you paid um, over time. But this takes time and it takes research and also understanding the risks involved.
0: Yes, sort of sitting nervously on the edge of my chair whenever we talk about risks and putting money somewhere and not knowing (laughs) what's going to happen. But um, I think this is kind of where online share trading platforms come in, right? So these are like or sites and services that let you make those trades and sort of monitor the market movements from your phone or your computer computer to help you decide on your investment strategy across all of those wacky uh terms which are, have the overarching <laughs> name of securities which yeah is is a fun one
1: Yeah so that that's kind of spot on um and they're essentially the brokers the middlemen that allow you mm. to make those purchases and trades and whatnot um as also worth mentioning at this point that there are a couple of uh, kind of quite trendy micro-investment platforms mm. as well out there at the moment, which basically let users make uh, smaller investments in specific portfolios. Um, and the aim here is that they kind of make it a little bit um, more accessible and provide um, lower risk in the sense that people can invest less money um, than they would need to necessarily with um, mm. some of the more kind of common online share trading platforms. So Ray's Spaceship, those are some of the examples in the space at the moment. So they're just worth calling out, I think, because yeah. uh, a lot of and people use the them. Ones,
0: yeah, they're the ones that you can do like literally cents worth of investment at a time, as opposed to a couple hundred bucks, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that's right. And you can like link your bank account to do, you know, yeah. round ups from there into them, and just kind of chuck, you know, your your pocket change at them and uh, see how yeah. it goes.
0: It's a kind of nifty idea, I think, on that. I always hope that everyone is, like, keeping track of where those cents are going, because a few cents at a time can add up to a lot, uh, especially if you're (laughs) paying fees or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's um, a good
1: point, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's totally, it's very cool stuff. And um, what I was sort of alluding to earlier in the piece is that the rise in the use of these um, various platforms has become very prominent over the last year especially. Mm. So numerous researchers and the share trading platforms themselves have recorded some massive growth in um, Aussies investing online. So, for example, um, I found an RMIT study which showed um, retra- retail trading by individual investors, so that's humans running around investing and stuff. You and I. Um, <laughs> Individual, yeah, Toms. Um, retail <laughs> Toms um, jumped <laughs> by more than uh, 60% over the 2020 lock. Down period. So it's massive. And then to just pull out one online trading platform as an example, um, ComSec, which is the platform from ComBank, the big old bank, um, saw the number of customers who had previously had no trading experience, so brand new boys and girls, um, more than doubled over the last year. So that's pretty wow. huge. Hmm. Yeah. And then among those, um, there's been an especially big up- uptake in younger traders. So ComSec saw Um, that 83% of those new customers were under 44 years old, a very specific number, but it's basically, yeah, a bunch of millennials, Gen Zers, and a few Gen Xers in the mix there.
1: And that's kind of not surprising, right? Like, I don't know about you, Liv, Mm -hmm. but I've definitely had more conversations over the past year um, about investing, about people getting into investing for the first time. Definitely, yeah. And it kind of makes sense in the sense that a lot of people were, you know, at home during these lockdowns last year and they were kind of, Getting into share trading, or that they had the opportunity and the time to get into share trading, um, mm. you know, especially if they were employed, maybe they had some extra cash, um, and since they weren't going on holidays or splashing it on other bits and pieces, they popped their money in there, uh, at least gave share trading a, a go for the first time.
0: Yeah, I think, and it's it's that definitely combined with a few other mitigating factors over the last year. So we saw. Um, super low interest rates, the so savings mm. rates are still in the toilet. So our savings accounts aren't making a whole lot, unfortunately, for Very most sure. people. Yes. And then that was like a little old market, really quick market crash last year in March, if we can pu- push our minds back. As, um, yeah, pandemics tend to create some economic uncertainty and instability, which is inevitably linked to stock market shifts. And a lot of people wanted to take advantage of that by jumping on shares when prices were low. And so, they did. <laughs> yeah' it's very exciting and basically this all created a kind of national and even global yeah eagerness to jump into online share trading as there was a big serving of fomo if you weren't in on it and um as is the case with um all things that involve potential risk kind of when you see other people taking that leap taking that risk, you're kind of more inclined to do the same because it doesn't look so risky and so yeah it just kind of snowballed didn't
1: it? yeah, it did and I guess the thing that we need to also mentioned here is that this also happened with cryptocurrency as well right last yes. year um probably a couple of months afterwards after the whole like kind of like market crash and share trading boom mm-hmm. crypto really started taking off again um you know i'm sure everyone is kind of familiar with or sick to death um of crypto by yeah, it's now it's all
0: over the news these oh days
1: yeah just relentless but you know it's it's worth noting that likes of bitcoin and ethereum and ripple and all the other digital currencies out there um have become hugely popular in recent years but really kind of like took off again last year
0: for sure and i feel like we chat about them a fair bit but the reason we bring up crypto today is yeah just to recognize that those huge spikes and then like quite dramatic falls Mm. but then spikes again in many of the digital currencies over the last 18 (laughs) years it's been mad i I can't i actually know where bitcoin is at today but oh god who knows who cares Um, But yeah, so kind of the same way as shares, the value of crypto is often linked to consumer and market sentiment, which is just what people are willing to pay, essentially. Mm. And this is yeah, fluctuated wildly during the pandemic. But it's um, we've seen many people start to include crypto in their investment portfolios, so like alongside other more tangible investments in in companies and things and um yeah even though the mechanisms of sort of buying and selling it uh, crypto versus shares and the platforms through which you do that are a little different um yeah they're they're sort of it's becoming more of like a holistic approach i feel
1: and i I think it's fair to say that the online share trading platforms themselves are also kind of Partly behind this driving, driving increase in growth because yeah. they've become a lot more accessible over the years. Um, mm. I, I found it surprising. It's you know probably surprising as well for people listening um, that the first full service electronic consumer equity trading system, bit of a mouthful there, uh, for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for buying and selling stocks using a PC came online in 1982
0: which is incredible oh, it's like a decade before a, i was born yeah that's an old like computer box when you think about it
1: yeah which is interesting because you probably you know if you think about 80s and share trading and you know buying yeah. socks and stuff like that you think of people you know in a big room yelling and buying socks and throwing mm. their hands up and you know pointing
0: at the screens yeah
1: exactly <laughs> um so yeah, it did exist and it was called Nyconet or NacoNet is what it was called. And it was created by a company called North American Holding Corp, which sounds thoroughly boring. Um, but basically, <laughs> since the late 90s, um, online brokerage platforms, aka online share trading platforms, really started to boom. And here we are now.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny to think about because I can remember our first like family computer in the early 2000s, so even later. And I don't think it could really do more. More than like play Minesweeper. And oh, and that was the peak Age of, of technology in games. So, yeah, Minesweeper, fantastic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think like the last decade from now, so a few years later, of growth in particular, yeah, it's largely credited to these services also becoming, while more accessible, more affordable. So, with broker commissions often being dropped and fees reduced, and there's like it's more user-friendly services with more apps sort of hitting the market, mm. providing different levels of services, and there's more competition. So I think, for example, you can find some options which provide like live uh, market data. So you can see like what's happening, analytics and industry uh, reports to sort of help you research the different things you might want to invest and buy in. Although these kind of more fully serviced um, uh, options, usually you pay a bit extra for the premium versions. But um, yeah, whatever route you take, there's some pretty cool stuff happening.
1: Yeah, there is. And, you know, who better to help us get a little bit uh, more into the world of online share trading than one of the newest kids on the block in Australia? So that's uh, that's why Superhero CEO John Winters is here to give us a bit of a rundown of the platform and some of the must-knows for online investors.
0: Uh, John, why would someone choose an independent platform like Superhero? Over a share trading app that might be connected to a a bank that they sort of recognize and maybe trust or or know in some way a bit better
2: yeah great great question i I think that's a really interesting two words that you put in that question and i, I think there is a huge amount of distrust mm-hmm. in the banks in the in the banking system um yeah. but but yeah there, there's obviously this this you know incumbency in in the the banks offering share trading they've been in the market for for you know the longest i guess and and um mm. You you go back to the sort of the late '90s, and and they were there from the beginning uh, when things went online, uh, and have been there ever since. Unfortunately, they haven't made much progress in their their user experience and their their pricing models and things, and and that's where we've really been able mm. to um, to place superhero into the market as a key differentiator. So so we offer. Aussie share trading and now US share trading. We're excited to launch that um, this week. Um, but we, but we've brought a price model that hasn't been seen before. So it's flat fee brokerage on Aussie share trades, uh, zero brokerage on US on US trades. And I think the key difference is that you can now have you can now have multiple investments in multiple jurisdictions, or all, all in one view all in your portfolio it doesn't you don't have to log in over here to do us and then log in over here to do aussie so i think that's the the key sort of differentiator uh, that we've been able to bring to market
0: yeah, way more streamlined.
1: John, I, I guess I'm I'm wondering, as someone who's, you know, been saving up their pennies, um, I'm wanting to invest for the first time, how would I go through the signing up process with superhero? And how would I go about kind of making my first trade? Is it quite straightforward?
2: Yeah, well, a lot of the time, people don't even know where to start. So it's it's even getting to superhero that that is is the biggest step. So it's, it's, Knowing where to go to to um, to create an account before you even go through the sign up process, so mm. we've tried to make that really accessible and really relatable to people mm. to 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 encourage them to to make that step and, and to start that wealth creation journey. Once you get to to our website or or download our mobile app, you can um, very easily put in put in all of your your personal details, and the way that we've done it is that everything that you've got in your head you you is what you need to sign up. So you don't need to go and get pieces of paper or stuff from the filing cabinet or, or, or anything to, to be able to sign up. Um, you can sign up very, very easily and very quickly. It takes a matter of minutes. Um, once you've signed up, some of the, the key things that we're pretty proud of is that you can fund your account in real time using pay ID. So this is a, <clears throat> this is, this is part of the new payments platform. Some people may have heard of it. It's, um, It allows you to transfer money um, or or deposit money in real time. So we generate you a a BSB and account number when you set up a superhero account, but also a pay ID. And you put that into your online banking and you can deposit funds into your superhero account in real time. From there, you can choose whether you want to invest in Aussie shares. You can do an instant FX transfer into US dollars and then buy US shares as well. So you could be sitting on the couch, on a Thursday night, watching the the, the AFL, um, and you you may see our TV ad come on on the screen. You could download the app. You could put money in. You could you could sign up, transfer money into your account, and buy Apple shares ready for the open of the US market on Thursday night, sitting on your couch, within a couple of minutes.
0: All right, there. Wowzers! That
1: that kind of that interests me because. Uh, you know that the whole speed thing i I feel like at least some of the other platforms i've seen don't have that kind of ability to fund an account so quickly and to buy so quickly it's like often a couple of days um waiting time which is a little bit annoying if you want to jump on something so yeah interesting to hear
2: yeah, and I think it's that sort of that old world thinking. Like when when you transfer money, it it takes a couple of days to to move between banks. Or so when you when you wrote a checkout, it took five or seven days to clear because the banks would hold your money, you know, in a in an interest account overnight, and you know all of that kind of mm. thing. Every, everything in in our our lives these days, people want stuff on demand. Like you want to be able to go onto your app and get a car out the front of your office or out the front of your house to wherever you want to go straight away. You want to go onto your TV and watch what you want to watch if you can decide what you want to watch uh, in, real, in real time. Um, and I think it's the same with, with banking and finance. Like you want to be able to do stuff when you on on your terms, not on everyone else's terms or on the, on the system's terms. So I think that's, that's one of the key things that, that people look for.
0: Yeah, I think it's part of what I sort of wonder about as someone who, now working in finance, I have a bit of understanding of share trading, but you spoke more about um, earlier about uh, not knowing where to start. And for, for me, a big part is not where, knowing where to start on like research and understanding how all these, how share trading platforms and even investing works. So what would you say is the kind of research or prep newbies should be doing before they look to sign up uh, with an app like Superhero or start buying and selling shares online?
2: Well, I think the key is you, you, need, to, you need to make that decision, in, in mm. I guess, to, to invest. So you, if you've got money in a bank account, you need to make a decision to say, I, I want to make my money work for me. Um, and, then, and then that decision, if it is to go into the, to the share market, then you need to look for um, a provider or a broker or a platform that meets your needs. Um, fees are obviously uh, obviously one major consideration, um, mm-hmm. but then also the access to to the investments you may want to invest in. Um, when it comes to what to actually invest in that, that's obviously the the, the big step. Um, and what we find is everyone is an investor already you're You're invested in in different companies in different ways. So you might not own shares in Apple, but you probably have an iPhone you probably wear Nike shoes, you may have used Afterpay or Zip, you may have used Commonwealth Bank. So you, you already know, or you may have used Airtasker as an example. So you already know a number of these companies, business mm. models, you're already using their products. So you, you understand what they're about. And that is that is something that people don't often realise, but you are already invested whether it's emotionally, financially, or, or or via one of their products in in those businesses, so that's often a, a really good starting place to at least do some research. So you may have used you may have used Zip. Um, you could go and have a look at their website. You could you could Google them, see what their share price has been doing, see what what um, some of the market commentators are saying about them. See what their company reports are saying, and and you know going and looking at companies' financial statements may not may not sound like a lot, a lot of fun, but <laughs> but if you look at you know their last presentation, it gives you a really good overview of of what's going on, um, and and often it's very interesting to see what some of these companies are doing, and by putting a like we've got a minimum of hundred dollars that you can invest, so if you took hundred dollars and you put it into i'm just using I'm just using zip as an as an example. but if you went and put a hundred dollars into an investment into a share, you then have you then have a a financial like connection with that company um which should entice you to mm. to want to know more and understand more. And it gives you that once you've got your foot in the door, it it sort of opens up the world of understanding about what it is and and then you can look at at yeah. other investments as well.
0: Yeah, and I feel like uh, increasingly more of this kind of stuff is available and, and companies are kind of looking, just in my own research for personal, professional, whatever, I think companies are looking to make this stuff more consumer-friendly so you can read a report and it's not just necessarily a huge block of text yeah, every time. Absolutely. It is a bit sort of, yeah, a bit more digestible and a bit friendly in that sense.
2: I think, I think ETFs are a really, really good example of that as well. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a number of 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 really great ETF issuers in Australia um, that offer you exposure to an entire like sector of the market mm. um, that does have that that easily digestible information there. So so yeah, it, it it is easier, but but it is a it is a big scary world to have no no sort of understanding and to have never invested in shares or or ETFs before, to take that big first step is, is hard. Mm. Um, but but it, it is just getting your foot in the door with with something, um, it, it's amazing how quickly the 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 um, the world opens up and a lot of it starts making a lot more sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. So start small and kind of go from there. I,
1: I think that the the point that you just said, John, about um, people taking that big scary step is is so relevant this year or this past year as well right because we've seen hundreds of thousands of australians entering the market for the first time um which brings me on to the fact that we've just started this new financial year so is there anything that kind of first time or relatively new investors need to be thinking about in terms of their investments and tax um implications at all
2: yeah look i think i think it's obviously just gone past thirty June, so you do need to be be mindful that that you know if you have been investing in shares, you need to get together all of your 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 dividend statements or or, or you know get a report of any any income you've earned and also any trades share trades that you've done, um, and just understand that if you do trade shares, if you buy it for a dollar and sell it to two dollars, you do crystallise a a capital gain, and and there there may be um tax liabilities on that and, and just that just I guess the understanding around that is is something um that that people should be aware of um, I was just gonna say
0: it's not in the same sense that we um you know uh, a lot of uh, I think taxes are automated now at least with our income it's not like uh automate automatically pulled through like a, a salary or perhaps interest earnings often are now would that yeah. be right
2: yeah, I, I think when it when it comes to, to shares, though, you know, you do need to disclose w- what activities mm. you have undertaken. Um, so it, it, that is that is your obligation um, to to the ATO. Um, but look, that that that's typically not unless you're doing a thousand trades a month. That's typically not that onerous. Um, yeah, it certainly shouldn't be a detractor from from you know getting started or or continuing to invest. <laughs> So something
1: something, uh, something to get used to, not uh, not something to be scared of necessarily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we're all getting better with tax, but one
2: um... of the great things about Super is to give us a little plug. You, we do full consolidated tax reporting as well. So, oh, so good. there you go. Fantastic. We work out all of your capital gains. So when you do when you do trade and you you make a gain or or a loss, um, losses can be carried over for for years to come. Um, but when you do create a gain or a loss, whether it's within twelve months or or over twelve months, where you can you can get a, a CGT discount, um, we we have all of that in a in a pretty neat report um, via a PDF or, or or Excel, and I typically just send those through to to my accountant and they they um, they work it all out for me. Um, but it's easy enough for you to do yourself if you are doing your tax yourself.
0: Yeah, nice. Sounds very neat and tidy. Um- Speaking of superhero I'll bring it back to the old superhero um, from what I could understand you guys have a, a slightly different um, share ownership model than some other platforms not all of them um, how is this different and um, why have you gone down this path
2: yeah so I think I think um, the I think the key is we, what we've done is we've taken a, a, a probably the the most common structure of of Owning and, and trading shares, and applied it to the Australian market. Um, so if you look at if you look at um, industry super, if you look at every managed fund, every ETF, and, and pretty much every share trading platform uh, overseas, they all run on a custody structure. Um, and, and what that means is you've got a a highly regulated um, uh, custodian that looks after your assets on your behalf um and and that entity is is the i i guess you know the 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 security blanket uh wrapped around your your individual shares so when you say it it is a little bit different it's it's very similar to a number of other platforms in australia so so some of our key competitors, um, but when you look at the guys who are trading US shares, for instance, um, you know it's a, it's the same structure there as well. So, yeah, there, there there are a few different ways you can hold shares in Australia. We we hold all of the shares uh, within a, a, one of those regulated custodians um, that that hold your shares um, securely. Um, and and i think i think a number of benefits come off the back of that you know we've got we've got pretty um pretty big fraud uh, fraud systems in place um and, and certainly it, it assists with providing all of those those uh, tax reporting benefits and things that that we provide too.
0: yeah cool are,
1: th- are there any drawbacks john necessarily
2: yeah look i think i think the it does come down to personal preference um I think that the key, the key way to um, hold shares in Australia um, outside of the, the custody sort of structure is to, to have a, a HIN, an individual HIN. So that's a holder identification number um, that is held via um, a stockbroker, so a market, a market participant. So all of your shares with Superhero are held the same way. It's just that there's a custody layer in between the market participant and, and yourself um rather than directly with the market participant. Um, but in terms of in terms of drawbacks, no, I wouldn't say that, that that there are any um that there are any drawbacks. There's no there's no risk um in, in having a HIN versus having a custody account. Uh, and at the same time, I guess other than being able to um create significant efficiencies in, in our operations, um, that there's no sort of real benefit um outside those those cost savings that we're able to pass on at an administrative level, and
1: as you said, I guess that that allows you
2: to be one of the kind of uh, cheaper
1: providers on the market, right? At least in terms of brokerage.
2: Yeah, and and you see, and you see, you know, the the it's sort of a race to the bottom in terms of mm. fees in financial services, and you've seen the US has already gone to zero, um, and you know Australia is heading that way. Um, we are the we are the cheapest. Um proudly we are at the moment <laughs> we are the cheapest. Um don't know what happens in the future, but um yeah, it's 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 certainly um you know a proud thing for us, a proud flag yeah, cool. for us to wait. Yeah.
0: Before we let you go, John, any final words of advice for any would-be or, or first time uh, share traders and investors?
2: Yeah, I know it's a I know it's a big sort of statement and, and some people might say but that doesn't help. But the key is just get started. Just you know, put take even a hundred dollars and you know buy buy an ETF that gives you exposure to you know the Aussie index or global index or US or, or you know what interests you um, something that interests you and and something that you know you you relate to um, as a first step and I I, I really think that that will um, that will. Will really open up the world of investing for you and give you a lot more interest once you've got once you've got your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, and after this podcast, I'm getting a little bit excited, so maybe I'll (laughs) take that advice, have a little (laughs) look. Good stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much, John. Thanks for chatting with us today.
2: Thanks, John. Thank you, guys. Great to chat. So, what's the bottom line? So,
1: this has been a really interesting chat, but I think Mm -hmm. my takeaway or key takeaways um, are about speed and cost and competition. So. I'm glad that more platforms are introducing faster transfer times because generally, really useful. Um, lower brokerage, which is great, it means you and I get to pay less money. Um, and that's at least partly as a result of these new players like Superhero, like Stake, um, entering the market and providing an alternative for investors. So, the more competition, the better, I say. Um, and yes, let's hope it continues. What about you, Bethany? Olivia.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think beyond that because you've hit all the uh, important points. No. <laughs> beyond that, my my um my thoughts are just um as John said, I think I've just, you know, you've got to have a go. So Yeah, you can have a I go? think I've definitely I I think I don't know, maybe not this month as I mentioned earlier today. I've already made some big purchases, so I've uh, hit my limit on on spending and whatnot, <laughs> but um Basically, yeah, the, the, the starting slow mentality and sort of researching companies you already know a bit about, and maybe you like what they're doing and whatever else, and sort of going from there with, yeah, smaller investments, it feels a lot less risky than the idea of like, oh, I'm share trading and I've got to get in there and start buying and selling and yelling like in the 80s. So I think, yeah, it definitely feels like a more manageable thing when you talk about it in really practical terms like that. So Yeah. Having a go is probably the best way to learn.
1: There's a lot to mull over. And I'm sure you mm-hmm. know, everyone at home has a lot to mull over as well if they're uh, thinking about getting into it for the first time. So let's take a break from podcasting, from this episode, and do just that. But uh, but happily, we're going to be right back with everyone next Thursday to uh, to discuss all the latest finance news.
0: Indeed, as we love doing. And then uh, do. the following week, the following Thursday after that, we'll jump back onto the digital bandwagon with another installment in our deep dive series on digital finance so, so 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 much more to come um but in between uh feel free to have a little wander around our social channels everyone you might see tom and i pulling some cool moves or maybe a couple of guinea pigs you might just recognize i don't know maybe that's there
1: go and see the guinea pigs don't go and see me <laughs> please don't um yeah so many
0: find all of tom's <laughs>
1: yes we're, we're famous faces now live just uh, just mm-hmm. love it and um of course there are a few stars behind the scenes that uh that we always like to thank as well so our producer claire our researcher ella and our social media boss rihanna thanks for all the work that you guys do
0: yeah thanks burrito team and thanks everyone for listening Bye. just remember as mozo writers we're providing general financial product information So we're not taking into account your specific financial situation, needs, or personal objectives. We are not recommending any specific product to you. The best advice we can give is for you to make your own financial decisions and seek out independent advice. This podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au.